bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogue it world. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogue it world. What's up, Rohit? Aaron. Number 16. Number 16. We are close to our the, the goal, which is 20. At yeah. which point, we're going to do something really special for you all on the 20th episode. Exactly. But for now, you guys can be happy that we hit our Joe Montana episode. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the Joe Montana episode, number 16. And so why don't... Because we have a, a, a packed show of of hopelessness that we're going to bring hope to this week. It's pretty amazing all the stuff that goes on in a week these days and also that nothing goes on. So it's everything and nothing. This week we have a really big episode, big show. At the end of the show, we're going to tell you about a special guest we have next week. So let's start. I'm going to ask you, July 4th. So to some... It was a day to celebrate America. To to others, it was a day to set off fireworks. And to yet others, it was a day to be angry about our country. So it was a very interesting day. What was yours like? (laughs) Well, I think you know very well what mine was like because you were your 4th of July was my 4th of July. Um, And for the listeners out there, uh, Aaron and I and just a couple other friends, we had a socially distanced uh, 4th of July in my backyard. and, and we're also, uh, but we have bunk beds. So like, I'm just exactly. there anyway. The bunk beds are six feet apart. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we watched, um, I would say is probably the most epic fireworks show I've ever seen in my entire life. And every last one was illegal. And which made me <laughs> so happy. Yeah. Um, I, I was just, it went on for like five hours. And like you had, like, honestly, it must have been 50 per second. Like I was just like, and it was just, it was crazy just seeing it from up the hills. It was, it was, a, it was awesome. I'm so glad that I get to be bunking with you on that, in that, um, that shed that's up on that hill. Because the fact that we get to see the fireworks that we saw, I really think was the biggest fireworks show ever. Like I've seen Disney World fireworks on New Year's Eve. And this was way bigger. I've seen New York fireworks on July 4th on the river standing on my roof when I lived there. This was way bigger. And the illegal part, some people were mad because their pets were upset or because their um, people were breaking the law. I kind of say screw it with what's been going on and you're all stuck at home. Why not put on the grandest fireworks show ever? Yep. I mean, we knew it was going to happen 4th of July. We knew it was coming. I wasn't mad at the 4th of July fireworks. I was mad at like the month before and now it's going to be the month after. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, it was, we embraced it and it was just epic. You know, we had, you know, there was some beers and we had chocolate and it was just overall a great time. You know, it was (laughs) cake. Yeah. Cake. And we also had one other special thing, which was, I won't say his full name, but a friend that we call Wadi, um, he showed up for the, you know, far away, thank God. Um, he was social distancing. He had a 12-foot rule. And so he had to be further away. And and we call it the Wadi Wobble. It's, his birthday's coming up. And we call it the Wadi Wobble because when he has a few too many beers, he starts, you can't quite understand what he's saying. And he also starts to teeter. He's like a human leaning tower of Pisa because he's really tall. And the Wadi Wobble was in full July 4th effect to the point where he actually became sitting Wadi Wobble. And when I sat to talk with him, it was two word answers at best. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's he he lived. Uh, it's funny. I just realized it when we were I went to a Catholic um, high school and uh, grade school also. But we had like a retreat called Kairos. And it was like some whole sort of thing where you get in touch with your feelings and God and shit. And like they had a saying that said, live the fourth. I don't remember what that means, but I do think that Wadi was living the fourth. Um, I think it was like the fourth commandment, but I don't remember what the fourth commandment is either. Uh, um, it's thou shalt be Wadi. 
Yeah, thou shalt get lit. Get um, lit, and he did. So the Wadi Wobble was in absolute, amazing, full effect. And so speaking of July 4th, there was one thing that happened that I know you're a fan of his. Andrew Yang, former presidential candidate, current CNN commentator, follows me on Insta- on uh, Twitter. And I sent out a tweet that I don't remember exactly what it was. And he wrote back to just me and wrote, thank you, Aaron. And it freaking made my weekend. I just felt awesome. And uh, I know you shouldn't feel awesome just because it's someone that you admire thanks you on a social media platform. Uh, but I did. And I just wanted to share. That was my news from the quarantine that was also um, on top of July 4th. Extra. Go Yang. Yang, Yang Gang. Yeah, we are Yang Gang. We'll, I'll, I'll be Yang Gang until I can Yang no more. Um, <laughs> you so, yanged you last Yang. How about uh, we get started with our first topic? And it's a big first one. topic. Big yeah, and topic. It, it, yeah, and it, it ha- also happened around the holiday. Um, but uh, Mr. Kanye West announced his run for the president of the United States. <laughs> so he is now a candidate. Um, and Aaron, um, yes. there's a couple interesting things that went along with this. One um, is that, whoops, he missed the filing deadlines in like six states. Um, Can I just tell to- you the moment you say that? Kanye yes. announced his presidency for the president of the United States. I felt immediately a gut of hopelessness. So keep going. Yeah. And oh, we're going to get to that. And so, oh, you know, it's, 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 if he's, if he's going to take this seriously, he should probably try and, you know, figure out when he's filing and, and too bad he missed for him. He missed some deadlines. The next thing is, okay, cool. So he's supposed to be advising with Elon Musk, as you guys know, someone who I unabashedly admire. Um, mm-hmm. And, but uh, today, um, Elon said, you know what? I think Kanye and I, um, we might not see eye to eye in a lot of things. <laughs> but I think my favorite thing out of this whole situation is that Kanye is not running as a Republican. He's now sort of denounced his support for Donald Trump. He's not running in the Democratic Party either. Do you know, can I tell you what party he's running for? Oh, please. Yes. Kanye West is running as a member of the birthday party. And that is his created political party. Um, So here, just hearing all this, the average person might say, you know what? I feel hope because that's amazing. Um, And I will not lie because that is amazing. However, um, I think this, uh, this run may be unfruitful for him. He's definitely the most exciting candidate. Between himself, Biden, and Trump, however, um, many people fear, my, myself included, that is not going to impact Trump's uh, vote, but rather he's going to pull away, pull from, if he truly does seriously stay in the race, he's going to pull from Biden supporters. What is your thoughts and where can we find some positivity out of this whole hilarious Ooh. shenanigan? Okay. So... In any other point in time, I would find it funny. And I actually do find it funny. But then when you th- when you just said that, I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 no. So I guess the hope is, in seeing a little bit about this, but not a lot, is that a bunch of people, there's an article that I wrote, a bunch of articles that came out that said part of the reason, and we talked about this on the show earlier, part of the reason he did this was because of what we talked about before how he was uh he w- he's got a new uh merchandise deal with the gap mm-hmm. and he did it really because he wanted to do something to gain attention while the, the while his products became available with the gap so what better way to do that than to say you're running for president of the United States so and so my hope is People keep enjoying the music of his. He's good at that. He's very good at music. Incredible at music. Does music well. Nailed that. Mm-hmm. He's really terrible at like the, a lot of the other stuff, like running for president. And so I hope people see that this is not a guy. We If we went from Donald Trump to Kanye West, like, adios, America. <laughs> 
So does that give you hope? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think I, I'm hopeful that this, it is just a stunt. And he, you know, I doubt he'll stick through the race. But um, I think it just goes to show you how little excitement people have for Biden. Literally, nobody's excited for him. Um, but I do think that um, the uh, if it's a stunt, I will honestly standing applause that man because that dude knows how to pull off a stunt that dude knows how to market himself and it would just be an amazing troll job um and i would honestly have even more respect for him than i already do so yeah if he if there's the next thing i would love to see like what's the next thing cool yeah so i'm here's the hope i'm gonna take for it and then you can ring that gong because i think this is most likely a crazy stunt and this just ups the ante for people to stunt and just to try and do beautiful, crazy, artful things. So I feel hope. I bong. No. Okay. Bong. Uh, also, he's following. I just saw on Twitter. He's following one person. I love that. And who is there that? There's only one person. Uh, is I it Kim K? See, probably. I think it's Kim Kardashian. Okay. The only person I know who follows zero people, who's awesome, who's in hip hop, is Busy Bone, <laughs> Bone Thugs and Harmony, who follows zero people. <laughs> Yeah, well, Mr. Bones got a lot of lot, lot of lots to take care of. You know, a lot of uh, stuff going on. He doesn't have time to follow anybody. But let's move on no, to the President next. President Bone. Yeah. President Bone. President Bone. <laughs> let's move on to the next topic. Yes. So topic number two is, all right, how do I say this? Um, there were a couple instances this week where I saw that people who I know, friends that I have had for a long time, some people that are family members or close in other parts of the country, like did really racist things this week. I had one at my house actually where some friends came over to use the pool. And then afterwards we started having one of these like social distance talks which is already weird because you're like far away and they just said really racist things um and they'd actually been gone from the city they'd gone on like a six-week road trip to get away from it all and like went away understanding and came back as if time had frozen and it was still six weeks ago and then some other people i know and i'm close with in florida did a similar thing where they just started putting up stuff that was just flat out racist. And I feel hopeless about this. Like, it's like, what happened to, we're trying to go through social reform and then I'm confronted it in person. And the last thing I want to do is get into a racism fight. So like, I don't know what, what do I do? Help me. So how close are these people to you? Like, like close okay uh and in different ways close and um you know i don't want to disclose too much more yeah yeah and um, i don't think you need to i don't think you need to this isn't necessarily a name and shame for people that are not public personas but yes and some of it went even it went black lives matter to jewish where i actually found this was the most hopeless i actually found i was defending the fact that I'm Jewish and I can think these things um, against anti-Semitism as well as against the Black Lives Matter movement as someone who's not of color. Like it was just, I, I got put in this peculiar place. So anyway, help me. I think maybe, you know, everyone is clueless until they're not, right? And everyone can feel something problematic until they don't, right? And the way to get to... Um, I guess a space that I think, what if you were to pull aside this friend, this friend that values your opinion, you value their opinion, which is why you are so upset about this. And I think we're going to get to this later with, with my next topic later in the show, but maybe there's a, a, an opportunity for you just to sit down with this person and like talk about it and just like literally say, Hey, listen, I, I, I'm not mad. I'm just hurt. And I just, can we just like have a beer, um, a gluten-free beer and just like, you know, can I just like talk to you about it? Would you be at all open to that? And even just that, 
depending on their response, they could say, sure, I'm actually curious to see how the hell you got to this. You know, how did, how did you become Mr. Jewish man? How did you become a black lives supporting matter person? That's, that's, that's probably his like defensive mechanism. But he's like, I, I'm, I'm curious to finding out more. Or he could tell you to fuck off, which in that case, then you know, then it actually then simplifies things in the future, right? Then you don't have to invite this person anymore. Then you kind of know that, all right, that, that you could save your time. So it's like one of either ways, you both grow together and you can help him right. along the path, or he does the he does the, the the easy work for you by then severing that himself. And so what do you think when people won't listen? Because that's what I've found is we're in the um the art of a good conversation is in the hands of the listener. Some well, sometimes it's, it's like it's like being a good DJ. You gotta you gotta play the right song until somebody starts to bop around, right? And <laughs> you know, and just like not everybody has the same way of learning. Not everybody has the same way of understanding. Not everybody comes from the same background or same ways of coping with things that are hard to, to, uh, to understand. Sometimes it's not our way of explaining may not always be the way that works for other people, which is often what causes these misalignments and misunderstandings. So if it's someone that you've had a long relationship with, that's not someone I would give up on, but it's someone I would try a few different songs with until you feel, okay, this, this I, I've tried. And mm. so that that's a great, so that ants that hope gongs half of it, and then the other half I'll ask you is the family, fa- or you know, family type people who in my life they, they're really uninformed and really won't listen, and are just being straight up racist. And I've tried many times to say, "Can we have a conversation?" Write emails saying, "I hear your where you're coming from." So why don't we open up the understanding so we can see how we can make this so you can put yourself in other people's shoes, that kind of stuff. And it just doesn't work. So what do you recommend about the people who are they're not going, you know, it's not like you can just push them away. It's not. And I don't recommend severing ties with with people based off of their hatred, unless you, that is something that. I, I mean, maybe I'm not any person to say yes or no. Like, I do think there are certain things that through time you might be able to lead by example and they might come around and it's just continuing to lead positively. I don't have an answer for that because, but I, I, I don't think that if this is like a family member, you're the best thing someone can do that has a hateful position is just to see that where love does come from and then hopefully eventually change but i don't know man i think sometimes just just avoid talking about it <laughs> until yeah you know. i know and we're in such a weird place well you know what i'll hope gong it be mainly because of the dj comment because that it's like spin a new tune get the dance floor dancing and so yeah. we keep trying new tunes until people listen exactly exactly different different strokes for different folks so Bong. as we always like to do after talking about things like like racism is, is go into something a little more fun. Mm-hmm. So a thing that, that I did this week wrote that I, I believe you saw that uh, will lead us into one of our favorite segments, the hopeless TV segment is there was a, uh, there were, I saw someone put up a thing, describe your favorite movie in the most boring way possible. And, the number of people who have jumped on it and said different, really clever things is amazing. I have it on my social medias. I think it's on Twitter and it's on Facebook. And so can I tell you mine and then you tell me if you have one or two? Yep. So it's, can you describe your favorite movie as boring as possible? It was just a game. I was like, let's see if this catches on. So far I've had 181 people say movies which is a lot of different movies. Uh, and then people shared it. So it's cool. It's like, it's a good, fun thing. Ready for mine? Yes. Two men sit in prison and talk a lot. One gets out before the other. The other goes to a tree. And that's obviously Shawshank. And that's the Shawshank Redemption yeah. in its most boring way possible. All right. Here's, uh, that's amazing. Here's mine. All right. Um, I'm making this up on the spot. Um, a guy gives somebody a piece of jewelry and him and his friends go on a walk 
to get rid of the jewelry. <laughs> That's Lord of the Rings 1, 2, and 3. Yep. <laughs> oh, that is, sounds so boring. <laughs> that is terribly boring. Um, uh, here, can I give you another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A policeman is stuck in a building and gets out, and the first thing he does is say hi to the dad from the TV show Family Matters. Die hard. Die hard. One All more. Right, let, me, let me give you another All right, one. Go, you um, go, you go, you go. Okay, okay, okay. Um, there's something happens to a kid, and there's a thing in the sewers. Actually, that's actually pretty interesting. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, that, I kind of yeah. want to see that. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, I got one. I got one. Okay. Um, uh, a guy meets some friends, meets some new friends, and he goes and travels and eventually meets his dad. <laughs> Wait. That's really horrible. <laughs> that, that could be a bunch of movies. Okay, 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 okay I, got, I got it. A guy... Uh, learns how to use a sword as he travels around with friends. God, it's really hard to make Star Wars boring. Oh, it's Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, wait. That okay. So that's Star Wars. Let let me um let me try one here. One last one more, based on the fact that you brought up Star Wars. And let me see if you can get it. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. So. Man, this archaeologist really doesn't like snakes. Whips people, finds some old artifacts. One ends up in a crate in a storage facility. That's Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, but pretty boring, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, oh, I got one. I just thought I just thought of. Okay. Um, uh, people go to visit some lizards. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last one. Ready? Yeah. Two guys go camping on a mountain. They sleep together in a tent. They can't quit each other. They stop <laughs> That's camping. Brokeback Mountain. Okay, and I got one last one. One last one. Um, some friends go camping. One of their name is Josh. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but that's a funny description. Blair Witch Project. Oh, yes. Thank you, Josh. All right, yeah. so maybe, maybe we'll do more of this coming yeah, up. This yeah, is this, is, this is a fun game. All right, so speaking of boring movies, we're going to go into Hopeless TV. And uh, yep. we'll do it in like a kind of 60-second yeah, way. Yeah, like we rapid do fire. Rapid fire. Um, and actually, fire. Aaron, why don't you go with the third bullet point to start off because mine plays off of yours. All right. So I finally watched the first episode of the show Watchmen that you've talked a lot about on the show. And what do you and think? So I was blown away by the first episode for a reason that I think actually brings us hope. Um, and this isn't a spoiler alert. It happens in the first five minutes. The show talks all about in that first five minutes, uh, the, um, the massacre in Tulsa that happened in 1921. And it shows it where many African-Americans were killed in Tulsa. What's crazy is that was filmed in 2019. And then it got me thinking more about and the whole thing takes place in Tulsa and then what we know happened in Tulsa with the Trump rally and all that stuff we've talked about on the show before what gave me hope with this show and I can't wait to watch more is that these people weren't forward thinking it's not like in 2019 they made this up it shows that this is an inherent problem that existed well before this Black Lives Matter movement started because they filmed this probably in 2019 or 2018 and so it was like oh man this is just something that now more people will know about because this show is on and now people know about it anyway. And it just shows that we're conquering and trying to defeat and trying to get on top of this racism that has been around for so long that people were making big TV shows about it before the Black Lives Matter movement hit a peak in the last month and a half. And that's what I love. And I think people often, you know, it's great that people use shows and movies to escape as you should, but art you know, film, music, books, they they will always find ways to show things and say things that we haven't heard before. I didn't realize or didn't see before. So even something like what from the outside might be a superhero show 
is actually truly deeply about race. You know, there's a truly, truly like poignant perspective. Um, and I, I thought, you know, everybody should watch it. It's, it's, it, it was, Watchmen was great. I'm really glad that you started on it. Thank you. Cause I think it leads in there's, I think it leads into your next one. Yeah. So next one. So because I got to pick that show and Ina was very much like, okay, cool. And then we both were like, like immersed. She picked the next one, which was also on HBO. It's insecure uh, with Issa Rae. Um, yes. She's a yeah, writer, producer, actor. Um, and it's really, really funny. And um, we powered through all four seasons in about two weeks. Wow. Um, and yo, dude, I gotta say, I never saw it coming. I just wanted to point out this show is like softcore porn half the time. So if you guys are going to watch Insecure awesome. on HBO, do not do it with your family. That's just what <laughs> I wanted. This is a PSA I want to put out there. I was going to watch it with my mom tonight. Okay, don't. Uh, yeah. Yep. Nope. Nope. That's like when I can I just tell. That's I. I went with my mom. There was a movie with Diane Lane. It was that or is that her name? was that movie like where there was like lots of sex in stairwells and stuff. And I went with my mom and I still don't know why, but we went together and it was the most awkward. It's basically like a softcore porn movie. And we went to the theater and watched it together. And it was, Oh, what's the movie called? I don't Damn know. it. Um, it's by the director who did basic instinct. So let me pause real quick. I need to say sure. this right. Oh, Unfaithful. The movie is called Unfaithful. So why in the world did I go with my mom to see that movie? I guess the only addition to what I'm saying about Insecure is that was the most awkward two hours I've ever had with my mom. So don't do, even if you're thinking of doing it because you're stuck at home with your family, don't do it. Don't ever think it's the right idea to watch things that have no. some of this softcore porn in it. I would literally rather get punched in family. the face. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> So, but speaking, so speaking of softcore porn, uh, I also just want to say I watched the 40 year old virgin and it gave me, it made me feel hopeless because the movie's so dang funny. Uh, I love that movie. It's hilarious. And none of it would be made now. And it, and I maybe don't say the answer to it because I know it's in our next topic coming up, but I was like, there's just too much racist humor that's funny but it's too much for now and i was just then going through my head while watching it thinking of all the movies that would never be made now that literally like 12 13 years ago were the biggest hits and maybe we should save it for this i know a topic coming up yeah but it made me feel hopeless oh well we will get to that then and um one thing that just gave me hope but also made me feel pathetic was I watched on TV was Ringo's 80th birthday, sponsored by Ringo, hosted by Ringo. And it actually made me feel real happy because he was just doing peace and love a lot, like peace and love, peace and love. Like he was just peace and loving everything. And then he had lots of famous older people on it, peace and loving too. And he sang some songs, they sang some songs. And it just made me happy. And I felt pathetic because it was like I needed a Beatle just like people in like 1966 and 68 needed a needed the Beatles in protesting Vietnam and stuff. I needed a Beatle now to make me happy. Yeah. Well, maybe you actually didn't. Maybe you just needed a nursing home open mic night. And <laughs> um. Yeah. I guess. I that yeah. Um Which is- I was also uh psyched to see Joe Walsh of the Eagles and Ringo together. In a in a room, not social distancing. So I'm like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. Well, I. But anyway, it was. Uh, but then I looked that up. I went deep dive, and uh, Joe Walsh is married to the sister of Ringo's wife. So I, they're actually brothers in law, which is wild. That's a lot of music in one family. It's a lot. So well, speaking of the Eagles and Joe Walsh, um, let's talk about Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Best he's not the wide receiver for the, yeah, he's not a wide receiver for the band Eagles. Um, but uh, this past week, Deshaun Jackson um, shared his Instagram stories 
a quote mistakenly attributed to Hitler, but he didn't realize that. Um, the quote goes, uh, because the white Jews knows that the Negroes are the real children of Israel and to keep America secret, the Jews will blackmail America. They will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they were. The white citizens of America will be terrified to know that all this time they've been mistreating, discriminating, and lynching the children of Israel. I guess that's some crazy shit, but the, pretty much the takeaway is that Hitler knew that Jewish people were out to take over the world and that, uh, yeah. So, and this is a guy that, you know, he apologized later. But what made it much worse was Steven Jackson, no relation to Deshaun Jackson. Um, Steven Jackson, former basketball player of the Indiana Pacers, who I think is awesome because he just he punched fans in the face, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah, um, he was that guy. He was that guy, Malice in the Palace. Um, but Steven Jackson, he didn't double down on what Deshaun did. He tripled down on it, and he just kept digging, and he's like, well, he's like, can you deny, can you find evidence that the Jews aren't trying to take over America and the world, and they're pulling all the strings? It's like, wow. It's like, so it was some wild, wild stuff to feel uh, hopeless about. What are your thoughts, Aaron? Okay. I've, you know, read about this and stuff a bunch because I'm Jewish, and it's another... It's another one of those things the last three, four years where anti-Semitism and these crazy conspiracy things and just and shooting up synagogues, all everything from conspiracy theories to shooting up synagogues is running rampant um, in our country. And so at first I thought this guy is, you know, Deshaun Jackson, you know, great. He's been a great Eagles player. I think he played for the... Um, Redskins too whose name is changing uh, forget he played somewhere else I think he needs to be dropped I think he cannot he has to take a year He's he needs a timeout um, and he needs to be educated and then let's see where he is so it's like your DJ comment about describing these situations to someone in different ways so they actually understand because I read his apology and I wrote back I think I wrote it on, on Deshaun Jackson's Twitter I said thank you lawyer because he obviously didn't write it, and uh, he didn't even take responsibility. He said he unknowingly put that up, and he didn't mean any harm against the Jewish people. He loves the Jewish people. And I'm like, no, no. Anything with Hitler means you understand. So a conclusion that I make, which I like to say this because— I think it's a conclusion we can make until we maybe bring this up again and see what more happens, is— our, our country and our world is filled with a gray area. No one, no race, no type of person, no creed, no culture is all one thing or another thing. So not all Jews are great. Not all black men are great. Many people need understanding. And to lump everyone into one category is just wrong, which is why we just need to accept everyone for who they are. And in this case, there's a... African-American man who plays football who is wrong. He is wrong. He is being anti-Semitic. And there is no excuse for it. And there's no backtracking on that until he really goes and learns. So it's to me, I'm waiting for Deshaun Jackson to well, take action. And yeah. I have I have a little glimmer in there. Um, I thought it was kind of nice. So Patriots receiver Julian Edelman. I was just about to he, bring that uh, up. Yeah. Yeah, he offered to take Deshaun Jackson uh, to go together to the uh, U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum in D.C. and then also go to a museum about black history and then do those both in the same day and just sit down and talk. So to have a, have, a, have a guy from another team that you're not even boys with to offer that, I think that that's such a wonderful, wonderful sort of like olive branch and kind of a way for, you know, part of punishment is there's also there's also rehabilitation. There's also learning. Um, so there's all these things, you know, it's it's it's. So I think that there's at least that positivity coming out of there. Yeah, and I, I hope that all happens. And I, I want to just say, because this is where I do feel hope, is that we have to keep promoting that we aren't enemies because we're different. Mm -hmm. We are allies in this fight against unwanted hate and unwarranted hate. So we're allies in it. And anytime someone does this, no matter where they're from, no matter their background, we must stand up against it. 
because this is just over the line crazy. And so let's see what happens. I hope he takes Julian Edelman up on that Me offer. Too. And then that'll be hope. And also, as a Jew, the other part I'll say about this is let's go on to topic four. And I'll hope gong it, you know, because if we, the more we can show that, like, it's not all just one thing going on now. There's lots of bad things that are going on and lots of crazy thoughts. At least it comes to light and we can mm-hmm. talk about it. Um, So speaking of uh, Deshaun Jackson, cancel culture and the double standards. So there was a big article in uh, Harper's Magazine, uh, and I'll just sum it up with the end, the end quote from it. We need, they wrote, and it, all these big people from, uh, from Salman Rushdie to JK Rowling to Noam Chomsky. Yeah, exactly. Some big thinkers and writers, uh, said, so the article summed it up by saying, we need a culture that leaves us room for experimentation, risk-taking, and even mistakes. We need to preserve the possibility of good faith disagreement without dire professional consequences. If we won't defend the very thing on which our work depends, we shouldn't expect the public or the state to defend it for us. So I think that sums up the article. And so I'm going to go a step further with that and take what comedian Ricky Gervais has been saying who I find to be absolutely Mm -hmm. hilarious, and he pushes the boundaries constantly. So here's a joke he made. And again, these are quotes from his Twitter. Here is a joke Ricky Gervais made. The Academy of Motion Pictures put, which film deserves a sequel, a prequel? Which film deserves a prequel? Like games we do. Which film deserves a prequel? And Ricky Gervais said, Sophie's Choice, The Single Years. (laughs) And as a Jew, I I couldn't help but laugh. That's just funny. Um, So and then but then he went on a a little more of an interesting tangent where he said this quote or this tweet. He said um, that someone might take you at face value doing a satirical joke. Well, some people try to inject themselves with bleach. There are stupid people in the world. And that's in reference to when. Was it Trump said you should use bleach? You should inject yourself with bleach, I think. So there's that. And then he made one other point. Because I think Ricky Gervais did some of the work for us. Um, But then let's hear what you have to say. Um, He wrote, please stop saying, and this this is vulgar, but ready, but right. Please stop saying you can't joke about anything anymore. You can. You can joke about whatever the fuck you like. And some people won't like it. And they will tell you they don't like it. And then it's up to you whether you give a fuck or not. And so on. It's a good system. So with that, there's a bunch of things going on there. I'm curious, really, your I d- take I, on as it. As much as I love Gervais, I disagree with that because it, it, it's, it's not about people angry tweeting. What this letter states is this, there's a lot of this list is mostly people that you would consider from the political left. And even these people are saying there is no open discourse in this country right now. And, and the fact that you can't have conservative speakers come to college campuses anymore. The fact that you have people that are literally losing their jobs, losing their careers over wrong think. And that the fact that they're one side believes both sides believe they are completely morally right. But one side is, allowing what the other what they saw to say whatever they want and they're not like going after their jobs or going after their heads and the other side is literally trying to destroy the careers of every single person that doesn't think like them and it's just this moral purity that if you don't agree with someone even if you think someone is saying something hateful like that doesn't give you the right to make them stop saying it like you said if people want to say something they can say something and then there's repercussions after that sure but like the it, the fact that people aren't even willing to allow people to have a voice that censorship is something that is completely unacceptable and even goes down to last week where reddit you know killed a whole bunch of subreddits including the donald trump subreddit um, which has kind of been defunct they kind of killed it before that anyway that's to me i don't care how much hate speech or like oh just because if you're a trump supporter doesn't mean you're a hateful person uh, i just i just think that it's 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 out of control 
that people think that any speech should be controlled. Um, I, I'm a firm, firm, firm free speech advocate. And if, like I always say, if you don't like someone's bad speech, beat it with better speech. Don't shut it down. And so what you just said, Rowan, is exactly what I think. I think the, the left, the extreme, extremes on both sides are oh, yeah, stupid. This, you don't want to go to this extreme. You don't want to go white supremacy and you don't want to go. Everyone can't say anything. And uh, so extremes are bad on both sides. And, and all I'll add to that, because it's totally what you just said is total. But I think that uh, the left is so hypocritical sometimes. And this call, this article said that is that it goes back to that 40 year old virgin thing that I was worried about. Like they can't you can't even make these kinds of movies anymore that are just funny movies because you're worried about what someone will think. So I think this article, everyone read it and think about it because instead of just having your your head planted in the judgment that you are, come into it with, because it really makes, and what Rohit just said, makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and it, yeah. and so, yeah, is there, is there any last thought before we go into our favorite sec- section? Yeah, is, is do not police thought. And if you ever think that something should be censored, Really, really think hard about who's choosing what can be censored or not, and who's deciding what's hate speech or not, who's deciding what's inappropriate or not, because one day something that you think or that you say could really, really be considered illegal. And heck, just my last point, do you don't do what China is doing. What's happening in China is now they've passed a law that if anybody criticizes the Chinese government or supports freedom for Hong Kong, it doesn't matter. Aaron, you and I are doing this right now. We are actually breaking Chinese law. And if you and I ever step foot on Chinese land, we will be arrested. So the yeah. same people that are arguing for censorship are doing no better than that. They are as messed up as the Chinese government is and they're no different. There should be no censorship. You should be able to say where the fuck you want. And if you don't like it, say something better. Do not stop speech. Because one day your speech will be stopped and you'll be in trouble for it. Oh, big time, dude. I've been worried about it um, with my career. Just thinking, I, I, I don't think I've done anything that would offend anyone. But I'm like, wait, did did I ever say something just that might offend someone? Yeah. And then it's like, I can't think like that. You can't think like that. Like we can just, like like Ricky Gervais's joke, um, some people might not find it funny. Then don't follow him. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing. Everybody has the right to be a dickhead, like verbally. But that doesn't mean you should. It's just that the you if you are, you have the right to be it. And that yep. and I think that's important. So it's not saying, hey, go be racist, go say all this shit. No. Just be a good person, but just know that you have responsibility with your words. And just and, use it, but you have the right to use them. And I think you nailed it. And so hope gong, bong, 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 bong. Lots of bongs. Um, we have three hope and sixty second uh submissions. Um, or rather topics. And I think, um, oh yeah, I guess I'm first. Let me start the timer. Yes. Um, Cause it is time for. Open 60 seconds. All right. Timer set for one minute. Okay. So this topic is that screaming is banned on roller coasters in Japan. So across all the theme parks, including Disney, um, the uh, uh, Japanese government has said um, you could, you're not allowed to scream because right you could lose uh, particles from your spit your spit and saliva could uh, get splattered um, and then pass corona. Um, so people are still going to the theme parks with masks on. Um, but yeah, so you can't scream on a roller coaster. Hope. Uh, the hope I'll give is that if you decide to go to a theme park and go on a roller coaster, you're just taking that risk because you're going to scream. And if they then ban you from the theme park, you're just being a badass rebel by screaming on a roller coaster. Because I've been on many roller coasters and you can't not scream when you're like, oh, shit, I'm going to die. So if you decide to do it, you're a rebel and like, good luck. Badass. All right, cool. I like it. Um, Aaron, you are up. All right. So let me just pull it up. It's somewhere. Here we go. So, uh, I titled this one one hundredth. 
Donald Trump tweeted, for the one one hundredth time, the reason we show so many cases compared to other countries that haven't done nearly as well as we have is that our testing is much bigger and better. We have tested 40 million people. If we did 20 million instead, cases would be half, et cetera, not reported. And so I tweeted back at him for the one percent time. Listen to me for the one percent time. Give me hope. The guy doesn't know what one one hundredth is and he's the president of the United States. Ooh, um, uh, I mean, math. Uh, okay, it's it's a hope that people can creatively use math, and <laughs> that numbers are not a constant; they're an abstract. How's that? Okay, or he's just he's just got he's yeah needs yeah okay sure yeah. i mean kind of <laughs> <laughs> um all right and last topic um so stanford is eliminating 11 out of its 36 varsity sports teams and this includes men's volleyball wrestling fencing rowing due to the ongoing pandemic um the programs are going to be eliminated at the end of the 2020 2021 season so what this does this effectively kills 30 percent of stanford's uh sports um and that's sad um so I see this as an upcoming trend that a lot of college athletes will no longer have scholarships. They'll no longer have this sending them through school. Um, how do we find hope out of this? Uh, I'm just going to find the hope out of Stanford because in general, I think it's hopeless. Stanford is one of the top schools in the country. I think it's also one of the most expensive. And uh, so maybe less people will go there because they see that they're not being fair to all athletes. So maybe some athletes will take a stand and not play on some of their other sports and they'll just fail at everything. <laughs> all right. I'll give I just, it to you. I just canceled Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I think they'll be fine with the jobs regardless after that. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So hope, it's time for hope fulfilled. Well, Rowan has a quick take. I know about the president of brazil so let's hear that row it i think for the hope fulfilled i'm very happy that bolsonaro um from brazil brazil's president has covid um it makes me super happy that someone that denied it said it's not a problem he said that he'll use his athletic build to get over it i hope this man truly suffers um so yeah that's my hope fulfilled and so i'll just I'll give a couple other ones that are that are i think awesome as well one is with the WNBA. we had jewel lloyd on and she uh, set, she you know gave us so much hope about what she's doing and her activism and and it just really gave me hope and then I saw and she talked about she wants to bring more social justice uh, messaging when she gets to play again well she gets to play again it's the WBA starting up in the, in a matter of uh, two weeks I believe and Every WNBA jersey is going to give a salute to Breonna Taylor, who tragically died and was one of these these people who died for no reason because of racial violence. So I just think that's hope fulfilled. They're going to, on the back of the, the jersey, it's going to say, say her name, say Breonna Taylor's name. So I think it's a beautiful statement by the WNBA. I know Jewel was a leader in trying to get some of these messagings out and so that really gave me hope hearing about that with the WNBA and with one of our guests was really cool and um and so the the last hopeful filled piece and I'll just tell you about our next week guests is there's a guy in uh that I just happened upon an evangelical in law enforcement his twitter handle is icemanct and he wrote, I'm not do joining the Democratic Party, but until the Republican Party starts demonstrating for me the values, dot, 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 then I will not be voting for a Republican. And he explains the values that he is an evangelical in law enforcement feels. And I just thought this is really cool. This guy gave like a two minute speech about the values that are essential. And I thought this guy is part of the logic party. He is not saying he's Democrat, not saying he's Republican, but he's going by logic. And he's going to, th this 
go around vote for Joe Biden, not because he's a Democrat, but because he sees values there and morals that are more on par with his morals as an evangelical in uh, Christian in law enforcement. So that I just thought was hope about what we've been going, where we've been going with the logic party. And it leads me to what we're going to be doing within the next episode as part of the episode is we're going to be having a guest Lucas Miles on who's a pastor in Indiana who has a big following and he has a show and he has a podcast and he has uh, does a lot in his career and I don't know how much we'll see eye to eye or not to be honest uh, I was on his show about two years ago and but what I do know is that this is a chance like Iceman T for me to ask him as a uh, leader in the faith community what he thinks about the moral compass and how should morals go above politics or should politics go above morals. So that's going to be next week. For now, this is the end of this this week's episode. Thank you all for joining us. I'm the Aaron Wolf on social media, and you can see some of the things I was talking about with Twitter and stuff and on Facebook. And Rohit's uh, Vohit for Rohit with the number four on social media. So reach out to us. We're going to get to submissions again next week. Uh, We ran out of time this week, but we have some cool ones. And until then, thank you for listening. Rate the show. You can be on the show too. Just submit to us any question or topic you might have, and we will put it up uh, unless it's not good. But you'll be good because you're our listener. So thank you guys. And until next week, I'm Aaron. He's Rowett. And this is... The Hopeless Show. Aaron, see you next week. This was a great recording, great episode, and I'll talk to you later. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show with Aaron